I want to begin by speaking a little bit of Bible today. I, I like Bible, and every now and then I, I need to speak it and hear it. So let me speak it. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. It seems to me that the Lord Jesus was clear with his disciples that there is a mystery to faith and that sight does not come easily. I love the way in the message paraphrase of the Bible, Eugene Peterson places these words before us and hear how he spins this text. At that, Jesus rejoiced, exuberant in the Holy Spirit, I thank you, Father, Master of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the know-it-alls and shown them to these innocent newcomers. Jesus is clear that there is a hiddenness to the recognition as to who he is. As I have been stirring around in these words of Jesus, I understand the words of the Apostle Paul as he was writing to the church at Corinth. Sometimes after resurrection and the church was being birthed, Paul wrote, for now we see through a glass darkly. In another translation, Paul writes, for now we see only a reflection in a mirror. And Eugene Peterson says it this way, we don't yet see things clearly. We are squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. Allow me to build upon the mystery because after making it clear to his disciples that sight doesn't come easily. Jesus says in the same narrative, in the same storyline, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. These verses point to the tension between those who think they know it all and those whom they discount. For example, discounting children. We see this tendency to discount children powerfully illustrated in Luke's gospel as I turn to Bible again. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked him. They rebuked They rebuked them. But Jesus called to him and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, anyone, who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, will not enter it. Unlike many in his culture, unlike many who thought they knew it all, Jesus knew that there was something special about and in children. Jesus, in this moment of the storyline, pushes past the discounting, pushes past the marginalizing, pushes past the ignoring, and invites children to come to him. 
in the eye of my mind. And in my imagination, I can hear 2023 Jesus say, release them. Let them go. For these children are tangible expressions, tangible examples for those who follow me. Pay attention and they will teach you something about me. The children whom the adults, the disciples wanted to dismiss became an object lesson for those who would want to see Jesus. What can adults learn from children? I contend, believe it or not, a whole lot. Children find simple joy, joy in simple pleasures. I watched my adult son recently in the backyard of our home when he was throwing a stick. And my grandchildren of choice were playing in the yard and he would throw the stick and they would bring it back to him and he would throw the stick again and they would bring it back to him and they were laughing in the fun. It was just so apparent that everybody was having a good time. But I said to my son later, now you do know you were playing fetch. <laughs> Regardless of how I may look at it later, in that moment there was joy in simple pleasures. Some parents may be excited to know that there was no iPad in their hand in that moment. Children do not limit themselves. One moment they're a chef. Another moment they're a nurse in a hospital setting. Another moment, they're an astronaut. Another moment, they're a sports star. Another moment, they're a dancer. It seems that the sky is the limit. They do not limit themselves. Children are, are fearless, fearless. My son's not here, so I can tell this story, and you won't tell him, right? I remember when he was growing up, he didn't believe that fire was hot. He had to touch, the, oh, I see your hand, face here, somebody. He had to touch the fire for himself to know that it was hot. He was fearless. Children live in the moment. They don't spend much time worrying about tomorrow. Today is enough. Children, children ask us big questions like, why is the sky blue? Well, why did God make bees? There's a why, 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 why in children. What makes hair that used to be a rich, dark color? <laughs> Gray. Children are open-minded. They're creative. Children love unconditionally. Children trust completely. We've seen that trust illustrated. You're in the swimming pool. The two-year-old is there by the pool. Or the one-year-old is there by the pool. There's no swim lesson. There's no swimming. And you invite them just to run and jump. And they run and jump into the deep end of the water, knowing that you're there to catch them because they trust so unconditionally. Children embody wonder. Small child asked my wife recently, they were in the yard pulling some, some wild onions, and she said, why are these onions so small? You know, in the supermarket, they're large as apples, but she wanted to know, why are these so small? They're so full of wonder. We love many of the 
character traits of little children, even though we may not embrace them ourselves. To our own detriment, we may not find joy in simple pleasures. We may not be able to love unconditionally. We may no longer ask big questions, but just settle into what we know or we think we know. But there's at least one character trait in children that may not that we may not want to emulate, copy, or embody, and we resist it strongly. We resist it strongly. It, it is against everything we're taught to believe. We resist it strongly because children are, are needy. You ever cradled a small infant? And there's a technique if you've not done this. You, you grab a small infant, particularly a newborn, and I had to learn this too. Maybe you did too. You, you cradle the child and you hold the child's head because if you don't hold that head properly, it does this, and that's not making for a healthy baby, and maybe the authorities might come looking for you too. <laughs> Children need everything. Mama, I need. Daddy, I need. It's need, 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 need. And sometimes we even maybe get tired of the need, but in their neediness, if we look at this storyline, it's the children there in the story. Needy children see him. But neediness frightens us because it signals dependency. Some of you know all the lines to Frank Sinatra's most famous song, I Did It My Way. And we like to sing it because we're deluded that the words are true. Oh, we're needy, friends. I discovered a new way. It was six months ago. I remember it so clearly. A new way to acknowledge my own adult neediness. I learned a new posture in prayer that I incorporate every morning in, in my morning prayer time. I go downstairs to the same spot and I kneel on the floor. And I won't do that today because I might need you to pull me back up. I can do this though, trust me. And I do do this. I kneel with my, my head to the ground. And there are usually no words. For a long time, I, I wanted words. Like, God, give me some words to say while I'm kneeling. But the words never came. But I kneel there with a simple bodily acknowledgement of my need for God this day. And I kneel in, in the recognition that I am under the authority of Jesus Christ. It is an act of surrender that serves as a reminder to me every day. This morning it was a reminder to me of my need to see Jesus. It's usually a wordless time, five minutes, 10 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes or longer. But I've learned in those moments of my deep, deep need to see Jesus. Maybe, maybe you have similar need. 
One of my favorite New Testament stories is recorded by John in chapter 12. You see, in that chapter, we find some marginalized, discounted, ignored folk who heard about Jesus. They somehow connected to Philip. Philip was one of the disciples of Jesus who they probably assumed was from their same people or same ethnic group. Philip had a Greek name, and those who approached him about Jesus were Greek as well. These fellows heard about Jesus. They discovered Philip knew him, and their request to Jesus still captivates me today. I want you to hear their request. It will be a take-home language for you. They came to Jesus and they said, they came to Philip and they said, Sir, 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 we would like to see Jesus. Can't you feel the empathy, the request? They recognized a felt need and went looking for Jesus. The context. These men were in Jerusalem doing Passover. Maybe they were God worshipers. We're not sure. They were among a throng of pilgrims who came to the holy city for the festival. In the prior verses of John in John 12, we see Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Maybe you know the story. The crowd was going wild with praise. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was that first Palm Sunday. Maybe the Greeks heard the commotion. Maybe they were just captivated by the crowd and caught up in the praise. Because you see, a crowd, a crowd can move us. A crowd can help us to move into space that we did not know we could occupy. I think maybe some of you were in a crowd a few weeks ago. Maybe not in person. Maybe it was on, on the television. I happened to have been on an airplane with a crowd in that moment, and my television screen was on. And I have family in Kansas City who I knew were in that crowd. And when it all ended, you know what I'm talking about, the big game? The airplane erupted. My Kansas City family, I could see them moved because they had somehow been caught up in something that was going on in a crowd. What happened that day or the days prior, these Greeks, these fellows heard about Jesus and hearing was not enough. They wanted to see Jesus and thus their request. They acknowledge in their request their felt need. It's worth repeating. They said, sir, we would like to see Jesus. These adults exhibited childlike qualities. They lived in the moment. They were caught up. They were open-minded, not locked into what they thought they already knew. Maybe they weren't know-it-alls. They did not limit themselves, but were open to possibility. They were fearless. They pushed through a crowd. It was like downtown Nashville on a weekend. You got to push through the crowd to get anywhere. And they asked a big question. Can you help us? 
see Jesus. I believe that 2023 Jesus is asking us to acknowledge our felt need. I believe that 2023 Jesus loves the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. I believe that 2023 Jesus wants us to ask big questions. I believe we have an individual and a corporate need to see Jesus. But we must confess that we don't know it all. We must confess that there is a, a hole in the soul. We must confess a heartache, a heart that is aching, a heart that is breaking. In that place, we acknowledge our need to see Jesus. We can no longer, Providence family, people of God, ignore our neediness. I ask you, are you willing to ask big questions? Are you willing to ask, to ask to see Jesus? Because when we ask a big question, we approach Jesus as children did, as children do, needy and vulnerable. And I know that neediness and vulnerability makes us afraid because we like to sing, I did it my way. But you heard me say on countless occasions, and I just can't keep, I can't get away from it because it's just so true. God can be trusted. Mm. You may ask me, how I know. I tell you, I know because God has a big track record. I can look back just a few moments ago. I can look back this morning. I can look back on last night as I slept and didn't even know I was in the world. I can look back on a week ago and as I traveled across continents, he was on the airplane with me. As I look back, I have learned that God can be trusted. I'll summarize it this way. A line from a hymn that I remember from my childhood, but the line goes like this. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Hear me when I say, God can be trusted. Today, we commit to move beyond our fears Today we are willing to acknowledge our, our felt need, our neediness before the Lord of the church. Today we accept the invitation from Jesus to come to him as children. Let me tell you why it's okay. Because he can be trusted. Thank God that children help us to see beyond what we can see. I hope you'll help me as I hasten to a close. 
I always hear preachers say that sometimes as I hasten to a close and then it's 15 minutes later. I won't do that to you today. I am hastening to a close. But I need you to repeat after me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the director, the choir director today. I'm going to give you a phrase and when I hold my hand, I'm, I want you to say it for me. All right? We would like to see Jesus. Okay. Eh. Give me a little bit more bass and bravado and soprano, okay? We're going to try this again. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. One last time. I'm downtown. I'm in the stadium. The Predators are playing. Most of you have been there. And I can hear you in that crowd. One last time. Oh, can I say for the Holy Ghost? I'm going to hold my hand. Oh, yeah, I believe you now. Make it so, Lord. Amen.